And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello there, we are on the air. <laughs> it is basketball day today. Uh, this is Jurassic Pod. I'm your uh, your host, your co-host, whatever you want to call me. Just call <laughs> me something nice. Uh, I'm Eric Corrine of The Athletic. Joining me, as always, is my pal, my friend, Holly McKenzie. How are you, Holly? I think I'm doing better than the Raptors this week, but that doesn't uh, I, really I say much. Ha- yeah, I would advise you to uh, call a doctor if you're not, or, or a friend, or a health Aim professional. Aim um, If you're not, uh, we are living in a world in which I picked the Raptors to go one and two against the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference, and uh, then uh, an admittedly tough game in Cleveland, although they did lose the Cavaliers. They pronouns pal uh lost their one of their two all-stars uh, early on in that game uh, i picked them to go one and two and that was too optimistic um Raptors yeah, went well, three in the don't last forget week. don't forget what i predicted yeah well i i mean people expect you to be too optimistic i i, I listen I, I you you say it as though i don't actually believe this and i really believe they were gonna go two and one they were gonna Beat Detroit and like snap that little streak and 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 yeah. Yeah, well that was chalk. You picked the chalk prediction. <laughs> I don't even think it was optimistic. Like I think that is what you know the the cynics in Las Vegas would have predicted, uh, <laughs> did predict. Although I told everybody on my Twitter feed to go and take Pistons minus eight point five minus eight or plus eight point five on Thursday. And I told them to take Cavs minus 4.5. And I know at least uh, on Sunday, and I know one person listened to me with the Cavs advice. Um, and uh, so I will accept, uh, what should I accept? Like 10% of his winnings? But wouldn't the Pistons game have made him lose money? I'm so bad with this. Yeah, you, you don't understand gambling. No, the so Pistons eight plus 8.5 meant if the Raptors won by eight or fewer... And or the Pistons won, he wins. Um, so the Pistons. So, so the Raptors had eight? the Raptors had to win by by nine for the person betting on the Raptors to win money in that scenario. If it was an eight point win for the Raptors or anything worse than an eight point win for the Raptors, then the person betting on the Pistons wins. Then the other team wins, even though it's not a certain number of yeah, points. So that's See, just, I thought it would have been the that the spread. Pistons. Yes. Yeah, no, that's minus. So like Cavs minus four point five, the cat. If you bet on the Cavs, they have to win by at least five points or more. If but the if Raptors, the Raptors win, you win, even if it's by a point. Well, it depends what you bet. Like if you bet on the Raptors, <laughs> this is good for nobody. Uh, if you bet on the Raptors and they ended up losing by four points. But the spread was Cavaliers by four and a half points. Okay, okay. You would win. Um, so all you needed the Raptors to do, if you bet on them, was by was to lose by four points or fewer, or win. Mm-mm. 
Okay. Anyway, this is this has been the worst start of a podcast you, you, ever in history. And, I'm and sorry, I, I apologize. And I thought like I did a very good job of just getting into things, and uh, you ruined it by <laughs> your total mis or lack of understanding of gambling, which is valid. But uh, then you expressed curiosity about it, so I felt a need to explain it to you. And here we are, uh, three know. minutes. You know and what, Eric? You always, podcast. you always are willing to take the time to explain to someone that's curious about something that you know that is yeah like if you good... said you didn't care i wouldn't have done that but here yeah no but that's a very nice trait that you have i admire that it's well, a very good trait to have in a friend you, you you gotta walk the line right between not over explaining things uh and explaining things to the indifferent uh or explaining them for your own benefit uh, uh and trying to help a, a person out when they're legitimately curious. And uh, I like to think I have some keen observational skills that allow me to uh, identify when a person is interested uh, and when a person is not. Uh, and if you were not interested in <laughs> watching the Raptors over the past week, I can't entirely blame you. Uh, the Raptors lost 108-106 to Detroit. It was really only a two-point game. I mean, I trust you. It just, it felt like, a, like as you, as we were talking about pregame, it felt like a bigger loss than that. But I, I do remember it did come down to the, to the wire at the end. 108, uh, 106. Yeah. 103.97 loss to Orlando, which was definitely not as close as, as that score. That <laughs> score was, as they say, flattering to the Raptors. Uh, and Cleveland, probably their best overall performance yeah. this week, which, you know, damning <laughs> with faint praise, but they, they certainly were on the precipice in the third quarter of taking the lead there, thanks to an inspired performance by uh, Scotty Barnes, but they fall 104-96 to the largely Jarrett Allen-less Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we hope Jarrett Allen gets back to full health soon mm -hmm. with his uh, broken finger, which Raptors fans can... Uh, commiserate with Cavs fans about and uh I forget now what the injury he suffered other injuries suffer but it seems like the broken finger is going to be the one that keeps him out uh not yeah. great not great Hall um <laughs> <laughs> really really not great yeah uh yeah no it actually to me I said to you just before we started recording that in my brain even though I watched each of these games and they were not fun to watch it felt like each game was a 30-point blowout. So looking at the scores, it was like, how did we get here? Yeah, it wasn't a good week. Didn't feel good. Very frustrating. Such a slog offensively. Just not good. Yeah. Not if good. If you go back to the, uh, the win against Brooklyn in Toronto, I believe their true shooting percentage was something like 50.2% or something like that. Uh, and... What that basically means is they shot as well as Malachi Flynn has shot all season. Um, now, Malachi Flynn has brought that number up considerably since his, his start, thanks to some inspired play that uh, was unfortunately followed by his hamstring uh, strain. But uh, if you remember how poorly Malachi Flynn shot at the beginning of the season, that's how bad the Raptors have been over this little stretch of game. Uh, it seems like they go six for 25 from three every game, and it's hard to win in the NBA in those situations. And and we all know the reason, uh, or one of the main reasons, is because they're missing Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. So I thought we would change up the format this week, Holly. 
because uh, I, I don't want to dwell on the negative. Like, people have seen yeah, that. Yeah, you're freaking me out. Yeah, no, I, I, I am, <laughs> as they say in Hollywood, I am playing against type. It's like when Jim Carrey was worried he was going to be pigeonholed as, like, you know, Ace Ventura <coughs> or uh, Stanley, what was the guy's name in the mask? Stan, Stanley Ipsum? Stanley's, uh, anyway, I'm not going to remember. Somebody no will, idea. will have it. Did you ever see the mask? Uh, yep, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, no, no, anything. I don't expect you to remember. I do anyway. remember. I do remember in high school watching the Truman Show. Why they made us watch that in high school? No, I, idea. I love but that. But they movie. pulled out the they pulled out the black um, stand. You know what I mean with the TV on top and the VCR. Yeah, on the oh, bottom. I, I doubt the yeah, 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 the yeah, wheel, yeah. Uh, on the wheels, the wheels. Yeah. yeah, we watched that in French. They still have those. I'm assuming not. Stanley like Stanley Ipkiss, by the way. Um, well, I remember we spent about a week watching the Truman Show in French. <laughs> a week? How long? I, how short were your periods? <laughs> I don't know, but it like, took did you forever. stop to have a discussion about them? Yeah, like, what, what the yeah, hell yeah, was yeah, happening? Yeah. But I still don't understand why we watched the like. What was the meaning of watching the Truman Show in French in my French class? But I think uh, maybe they just wanted us to like be immersed in like. Yeah. A world of like French, but yeah, anyway. True, and I think that was truly think, that movie was ahead of its time. I would say. Well, I think since then I've been paranoid about. Um, <laughs> so you're blaming Nova Scotia <laughs> education for your. Uh, most of us just blame our parents, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom's amazing. She doesn't. She doesn't get blamed for she anything. She doesn't deserve this. Yes. Uh, okay, no. so after Sunday's game, uh, to to try and get this. Uh, <laughs> this rollicky I know, cart sorry. to try and get this rollicky cart uh, that's threatening <laughs> going off a cliff uh, back on track. Uh, I wrote about ten reasons to feel good about the Raptors uh, in their current state, which is, I guess, for the record, thirty-four and thirty, uh, currently in seventh, a dwindling possibility of moving up. Uh, it is it has dwindled significantly. Uh, and uh, two and a half games up on Charlotte and Brooklyn as we record this on Tuesday for uh, eighth and uh, Brooklyn, or sorry, Atlanta, proved that the Raptors aren't the only team that can lose to the Pistons and they lost last <laughs> night in overtime to the Pistons. Shout out to the Pistons and my pal James Edwards, who's written, who wrote last night about the Pistons' first winning three-game winning streak since 2019, Holly. <clears throat> yeah, man, that's a rough. Dwayne, Dwayne get in it. Uh, happy for Good him. for Dwayne. Anyway, I wrote Same. 10 things uh, about uh, to be happy about. And let's just go down the list. And uh, and I don't think you've read this piece because you don't support my work. Yet. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but, let's, right. uh, but let's see how you react to this. Uh, yes. So I'll, I'll just read a bit and, and we're going to have you respond. Um, point number one. The past few games should have been nightmares for Pascal Siakam, Holly. Uh, with Gary Trent Jr. struggling, the Raptors have no spacing around him. Siakam's game is about using that space, either as a driver or as a post-threat, to dissect a defense. If, a par if opponents aren't going to run out to those shooters, there's nothing to dissect. And yet, Siakam <laughs> has been fighting like hell. I will now stop reading verbatim. 34 points on 20 field goal attempts against the Magic, which is like pretty much the equivalent <clears throat> of 50 points on 20 field goal attempts, given the other ways that the Raptors scored in that game, which is like, <laughs> they didn't. Uh, it was a bit of a rockier performance. 
against uh, the Cavs. He had 24 points on, on what I believe was 22 field goal attempts, but he did find his way to 13 free throws. Uh, mm-hmm. had, he's having trouble on free throws, 7 of 13 that game. He's down to 73.6% uh, for the season, which is 9 percentage points down from last year. But let's keep it on the positive. Like, given the context around him, I thought, and especially when we think about last year, um, how not only on the court, but like Siakam's general, you know, malaise, his, his mm-hmm. you know, the issues with him and the team, with him and the coaching staff that we've talked about a lot. I thought it was quite nice to see him battle, just like like try to find a way in, you know, not good circumstances. Yeah, I think a couple of the things that stand out to me about Pascal this season uh, it's funny that you mentioned um, the issues about him with the team and that kind of stuff that had happened last year, because that was something I was thinking about this weekend was through all the bad, just watch, especially with Fred sidelined um, and, and OG being sidelined, another another starter and kind of core piece uh, coming into this season, or maybe it was last season. I can't remember anymore because time yeah. <laughs> uh he talked about just a bit about the struggle of like not knowing if this whose team it was or like what kind of leadership role the team wanted from him you know that kind of thing and i feel like we just naturally are noticing now that he doesn't that's not a concern anymore you know like he knows his role and he knows he's a leader on this team and uh yeah like you said he's just you know the 13 free throws speak to it especially but just he's he's going out there looking to score without thinking as much. We before we saw him kind of thinking as he was playing, especially during that bubble season. And now he's just playing and you're getting to see the reward of that. Um but yeah, like Pascal has just become, I mean obviously I think that for, you know Pascal and Fred interchangeably it's like they're the kind of leaders of this team yeah. and especially with Fred out you really kind of got to see that. Um yeah, good for him. Yeah, the on-court results aren't there for the <clears> team, but uh, and, and like as you would expect, there have been some defensive drop-offs for him as he mm-hmm. literally <laughs> tries to carry the offense to on do his everything. shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I thought he's been like it's been a really admirable performance by him, and uh, that's encouraging. Uh, point number two: Scotty Barnes is quite talented. Oh, boy. I don't really have any follow-up here other than it was fun to watch him and Mobley. Like, I'm at the point Mm -hmm. where, I mean, not at, I've been here for a while. Like, I'd be shocked at this point if Evan Mobley doesn't win the Rookie of the Year. I I think it... Co? Co Co-Rookie of the Year? uh, Could it be? Here's the thing, (laughs) and I'm not picking on you, uh, but I hate when people suggest this. uh, I know. Because... You can't vote co. You can't split your vote, as far as I know. You have like an individual has to vote for one or the other. So mm-hmm. if it ends up that they get the same number of votes, great. But like that is not an option for you know no, a know hypothetical vote. But do you think that's possible? I think it's very unlikely. I think yeah. I think, I think uh, it's Mobley, Mobley well. has been awesome for a better team, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to get attention and look he had 20 and 17 against the raptors when jared allen went out the Mm -hmm. the Cavs defense didn't drop off at all and i think there's a huge credit to him we're gonna it's gonna be an even bigger case for him because his role will become even more important for them so i agree with you yeah but But yeah scotty is freaking awesome man 1912 sorry you go 
<laughs> Sorry. He had 1912 and six. He had three steals. He didn't have any turnovers. He was eight of 14 from the field, like 42 minutes. He was awesome. And this comes off of a performance. I think we talked about it in the last pod where he had put up a line that hadn't been done since Shaq. <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy his ability to kind of shapeshift into what the team needs on any given night, you know? Like, you're really, I mean, I know we can see his passing and his scoring, but I just feel like as he gets more comfortable and as he, you know, develops and grows and takes on more ownership and, um, you know, can kind of not worry about the other players on the team getting their touches or whatever. You really are starting to see just the many ways in which he can give you what a team needs on any given night, depending on what that is. And that's really exciting to me. For sure. Um, so that game against Cleveland, as mentioned, played without uh, Fred Van Vliet and Malachi mm-hmm. Flynn, the two natural, traditional, or, or I mean, we, there's enough people on on online who argue whether Fred Van Vliet is a point guard, but like he certainly has those organizational skills. Uh, so those those two point guard like organizers, uh, the only two on the Raptors roster, uh, were not unless you want to um, count Armoni Brooks, who who I think is is a bit more of a combo guard, but. Uh, we maybe we'll get to him who he replaces DJ Wilson on the roster to give the Raptors some some depth at the guard spot. But the Raptors essentially played that game without a true point guard. And and Nick Nurse took pains to call Scotty Barnes the point guard. Now I'm not sure he was, you know, running complicated sets or anything mm-hmm. like that. And and the Raptors half court offense was uh not good. So you you can't say, "Wow, well, Barnes really made it all hot, all work and it all come together." And I think we know the reason for that. Like he uh, I mean, he needs more time, he needs more reps in that, and he also needs to develop his handling in order to take full advantage of that, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, and or his shot uh to take full advantage of that. But what do you think of Barnes in, in you know, sort of the primary ball handling role that we wondered like this is the reason we wondered if it might make sense for him to come off the bench so he can get more reps as, as part of role. the primary yeah. action as opposed to off the primary action. Yeah, uh I think it's been it's impressive and it's good. I still I, I mean right now you couldn't put him off the bench. Couldn't, couldn't bring him off the oh, bench yeah. if you wanted to. And I to, think like we're but... we've gone like when the Raptors have their best five healthy, I think barring a an awful awful matchup i think mm-hmm. you want to go with those guys but you continue yeah no uh i think it's he's continues to just be impressive and when you put him in a position where he feels like he should be that guy and he's not like looking at the people around him wanting them to do more or initiate more um or kind of like standing in the background watching those players do what they do um you see why the team loved him so much and why they're so high on him so uh yeah um he's good <laughs> no, <laughs> like, not, not, i know that sounds simplistic no but, but like... I, I mean i started i literally started the sentence with <clears throat> scotty barnes is quite talented so i, I don't yeah. think it's it's a complex conversation uh number three we don't have to go over this too much but the raptors created 
only 17 turnovers combined against Detroit and Orlando. Um, if yeah. you want to, like, I thought their defense was, I mean, their defense overall was really good against Orlando, less so against Detroit, I would say. But mm-hmm. this team is trying to create turnovers. And when they don't do that, it's going to make mm-hmm. things very difficult on the offense at the best of times, uh, let alone whatever these times are. Uh, they created 17 against Cleveland. Uh, so, and they turned that into a 26 advantage in points off turnovers. And, and I mean, I, I don't know much how, how much there is to say other than like that's the blueprint of many mm-hmm. Raptors wins is them just cro- causing chaos on that end. And that was, I, I think, more than the offense, that's what was disturbing to me in you know this mm-hmm. week is they weren't turning to pretty not great offensive teams they weren't turning them over and they have to do that right yeah well that's why it's concerning because it's like who is this team the entire blueprint of this team and them succeeding kind of depends on that so you take that away uh particularly when you take away you know their best scorer <laughs> and then and then OG uh as well OG also one of the best defenders along with Fred uh it, you know you kind of see why there was that letdown but um yeah like you look at the team the way this team is constructed and I know this isn't like a final construction of a roster and this isn't a team that they thought was going to be a championship contender or anything like that so of course you know that caveat in there um the way this team is built, there's not a lot of shooting, you know? <laughs> I think we re- I think we really, really were reminded of that this week. Um, but even when you do have Fred Van Vliet and OG and Anobi, there's not it's not like there's a ton of shooters on this team. Particularly if uh if Gary Trent is kind of, you know, in a moment where he's not hitting everything as he had been for quite some time yeah uh yeah not a ton of shooting not a ton of scoring uh so if you're not turning people over and if your defense isn't fueling that you're gonna be in trouble and it's gonna make some ugly basketball to watch and that's what we it was a slog yeah like yeah credit to orlando and detroit for you know knowing the scouting report and being Mm -hmm. solid on the ball like you can't just necessarily oh will man detroit tur- knew detroit knows the scouting oh, report detroit, detroit they was, know it detroit, in and yeah. out and upside down and- <laughs> i love dwayne casey before that game he was like people think i get hyped up for you know a win against the raptors i got hyped up for a win <laughs> <laughs> i love dwayne dwayne yeah. is the best also uh, i know you mentioned it but we didn't really like go into it God damn, it sucks about Malachi. I feel so oh, badly that, for him. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. okay, sorry, um, okay. If you had read my going. piece like a good friend, uh, you would know we were going to Yes, get yes, there. I do read. I'm always just like three days behind. Yeah, um, Yeah. well, that's fine. Uh, so Which I know, I know everyone's the, like, oh, but then everything passes you by, but that's fine. I just like reading it on my yeah, face. Okay, yeah. Continue. I mean, there's not enough hours in the day when... You're glued to the TV seeing the horrible things going on in the world. I understand. Number four. <sighs> uh, to end the third quarter, Nick Nurse used a lineup of Chris Boucher, Delano Batten, Thaddeus Young, Steve yeah. Mikhailuk, and Precious Achua. Now, I should mention that I think Gary Trent came in for the last possession of this stretch. Um, and, and so when they checked in, the Cavs were shooting... Uh, two free throws. So I'm not counting those points. Uh, okay. After 
those free throws were made in the final two minutes and 54 seconds of the third quarter, do you want to guess what the score of the, the remainder of the quarter was? No, I just want you to tell me. It was one nothing <laughs> Cavaliers. Wow. Ed Davis split a pair. Um, <laughs> why is this a positive? Ed Davis, Boss Davis. Yeah, Boss. Good to see Boss. I, I didn't even use that as a positive, but I mean, that was fun. Um, why is this a positive? Uh, because it's nice to laugh and it's reassuring when things play out exactly as you expect, Holly. Mm-hmm. Number five. Uh, I, think, I got... think at that point you had tweeted, well, this is a lineup. Yeah. Or like, this lineup's a choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, to be continue. sure, to be fair, I think I've done that a few times. And like, <laughs> I mean, I do think there's a way to stagger your best offensive mm-hmm. options at, at almost all times. But also, like, I don't completely blame Nick Nurse for getting a bit lost in the weeds when this is when this is going on like yeah. it's it's a slog as as you know I, let's see how many times we could say slog in this podcast but it, it's it's not simple uh to run a rotation when you trust two to three people at any given time trust uh, no one oh wow um <laughs> five Delano Banton uh, I, I think We've seen his weaknesses in the mm-hmm. last uh, few games, but we've also seen, and like, to be sure, he's part of the problem on offense because like he just, you can't put him off the ball. He needs the ball to to do his things, uh, uh, to, to produce in the way he produces, uh, unless he's going to cut. I don't, I don't think there's been enough cutting in general over these games, uh, but when you cut, there's a risk of further clogging the paint. So it's, you know, double-edged sword there. Anyway... Some really nice feeds. Uh, he had a great alley-oop feed to Precious Achua. Uh, like, a really complex one in which I think Dean Wade... Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Not D. Wade. Uh, looked like he was right there to uh, to bat it out of the way. And, and Achua came in and took it uh, and, and got the alley-oop. And he had another great drop-off pass to Thad Young, who uh, airballed a two-foot hook. And he it looked like he thought he was fouled. Uh, but oh, Delano, yeah, that was so weird. It was like, yeah, like I, on the replay, I didn't see anything, but like I his, didn't rea- see any his reaction was weird enough that you know, I don't know. It was like, very strange. Uh, because the replay, I didn't see any type of contact, but the way the shot, like, yeah, it was very strange. One of those plays where you kind of think something must have happened. So let me let me pose this positive in a question. Um, <laughs> is there a clarity of? A developmental path for Banton going into the off season, and if so, yeah, what is it? I don't know. I don't think there is a clarity. Uh, I know that we've talked a lot about whether it would make more sense for him to be with this team or to be with nine hundred five. And if he's not getting time with the Raptors, then getting reps is the most important thing. Um, but with the way that things are shaking out right now with injuries and stuff like that, I don't really know what. I don't. I don't know what that path is going to be. Do you think there's a path? Uh, I mean, I've been on team, give him as many looks with the 905 as possible, possible Mm -hmm. just to, it's the same conversation we're having with, to to like an even more extreme degree, because Banton is less important to the Raptors' current welfare than Scotty Barnes, but it's the same Mm -hmm. conversation as with Scotty. It's like, I want to see him in those situations, which help him as a ball handler, as much as possible and if that's down at the 905 then it is but i i 
you know, obviously all these guys got to go to shooting school, you know, mm-hmm. shooting summer school. But I still I, feel I, really great about Delano. Yeah, it's like, a good pick. He, Look, you get any sort of contribution from a second round pick. It's good. But uh, like, I, I, you know, just to finish my thought, I, I think we he clearly needs to, you know, just learn some more ins and outs about running a half court mm-hmm. offense. And, and that comes with like developing your handle a bit, you know, and, and being a more confident ball handler and not just in transition. A lot of the things we're talking about with Scotty Barnes. Also, you mentioned um, Dean Wade, not to pain Raptors fans here, but the play where he dunked emphatically and then galloped up the court just uh, with a huge grin on his face made me think about um, the most painful moments the Raptors have experienced in Cleveland over the years, of which there have been many. Uh, and outside of LeBron James moments, whether it's like, you know, drinking beer during a game on the sideline, all of those kind of things, the the shot over OG that like, ugh. The game one in the playoffs where the Raptors missed 46 shots in the final 20 seconds. Wasn't in Cleveland, but I take your point. That was yes. in Toronto yeah. against, the, against the Cavs. Um, but taking away, taking LeBron out of the equation, which is kind of a big omission when you're talking about the yeah. Cavs and the Raptors, uh, was that the most painful highlight that you remember? The only one that comes close is Kyrie hitting a three, I believe, either in his rookie or his second year in Toronto, to win it at yeah, the buzzer. Was, uh, obviously yeah. less on the line because that Raptors team was not good. Um, mm-hmm. But that was that was a deflating moment too. Uh, that, but that just the the reaction after as he came up the court, just oh man, I thought, wow, this one stings a little bit. Good look, for him though, man. D Wade is an all timer. He's. I mean, there's a reason. You know, there's the Hall of Fame conversation with D Wade. So, uh, yeah, uh, you had the. It was not great, but uh, look, we're we're a fan of role players getting their moments. Uh, yes we are here. like uh, I, I actually i tweeted half jokingly i'm loving the dean wade yuta watanabe matchup uh but like there's a lot of similarities there and like just <laughs> uh you know very low usage glue guys holding th- that mm-hmm. at their best like are, are sort of connective tissue pieces and uh yuta got his dunk in brooklyn and D- dean wade gets his loss or gets his dunk not a loss um <laughs> against the raptors you you mentioned uh precious achua on the mm-hmm. your rundown uh precious achua was a minus 28 in that game against cleveland uh so this is th- one of those occasions though where i feel like uh, I, I I don't think he was good, but he definitely, like what I will say and i also he was think- the only reserve to score a point and <laughs> oh, the yeah, bench had eight started. points they were all from precious and i think they all came in the first quarter yeah and, and in that first quarter he had a few legitimately like really strong moves he pump faked uh i don't want to say pump faked but he pumped jared allen <laughs> didn't necessarily fall for it so i guess it was a pump fake an unsuccessful pump fake that he was still able to use to get by jared allen and hit a little floater on the baseline which is a really hard shot uh, and then he turned a little driving opportunity into a little spinorama uh, to beat Laurie Mar- Markkinen. Uh, so 
I mean, this is a hot topic in my uh, my Thornhill chat group. How much is, <laughs> is too much precious? I mean, I think we can agree that the <clears throat> the positive signs are, mm-hmm. you know, you usually see more per game now than you did in December, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. Where are you with him and how much rope is too much rope for, for him in terms of uh, the coaching, well, chat, coaching think- staff's trust? The thing about Precious is that he's going to take every inch of yeah. the rope that you're going to give him. You exactly. know, like he, well, the, That's he why is... this question is relevant. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I feel like he's, I know we've talked, I know like there's a lot of talk on the broadcast about how like being around the greats of the All-Star game inspired him. And I'm not so big on like the inspiration kind of, I know, shocker, I'm not big on inspiration. But like, to me, I just, I do think that going to All-Star Weekend was good for him. And um, I think we've kind of been seeing him progress as each month has gone on with the Raptors, like as he's kind of learned his teammates more and like learned the offense more and gotten more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think the progression has been happening since the beginning of the season. Not not a linear straight like, <laughs> you know, it's been bumpy and there have been detours. Um, but yeah, I feel like he has shown a lot over the past few weeks and I think that that's an important thing, especially when the team is without starters as it is right now and without scorers as they are right now. Um, And I would continue to give him opportunity and see how it's going to go. And if it's not his night, okay, then, you know, maybe you don't play him as much as you thought you were going to coming into the night, into the game. But uh, he really intrigues me. Um, I saw our pal Mark Juliar uh, the other day. Oh. Uh, we went. It was it was before the Cavs game, and so it was like the only nice day we've had here um, mm-hmm. in, in a long time. And uh, I w- we went for a long walk and saw him. and And Mark says he is the president of the Precious Achua Fan Club. So uh, that oh, that nice. f- that fan club is out there. Um, I enjoy that. I uh, would probably j- I would join that fan club. I yeah, just I- like him, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I get why it's frustrating because there are moments where it seems like he's he mm-hmm. his vision has developed his, <clears throat> his he knows when to attack and when not to, and then there are moments when he just has wild out of balance attempts. There was I forgot if it was a Detroit game or the Orlando game. Um, it was the Orlando game, uh, and he like missed a wild drive and then you know complained on the baseline for two or three seconds and <laughs> it, it was able to, you know, he eventually got back, but they were, the Raptors weren't uh, set up in transition and that led to a, uh, an Orlando alley-oop. And, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. You can't have that. you like, like if you're given this guy rope uh, to, to show off, uh, to show what he can do offensively, it has to be contingent on doing the uh, non-negotiables. Uh, so I think we know why he's playing the Raptors, you know, and, and somebody like Malachi Flynn didn't get the same chance. Like the Raptors just need more size or, or, or like, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are able to guard centers semi, semi passively. That's why he gets those opportunities. Um, but uh, you need and to. And also he needs the opportunity to. So the team can see what he exactly. potentially could develop and like, into. And I think that he deserves them. I I still really like Precious. Yeah, and over the last few games, I will say, I'm not going to kill... And, like, Nick Nurse, 
said like there were a few too many examples of guys like driving into too many help defenders mm-hmm. uh, after the Cleveland game and Cleveland's one of the best interior defenses in the league. At the same time, you know, when you've gone through a bunch of games where you can't hit a three-pointer, like I get why that's the mistake you're making, you know? Like like I so get the thing about Precious that I really do like is that I know sometimes we kind of like poke fun at the fact that if there's a shot, he's going to take it. And, you know, like you never have to worry about him um, being passive or or not um, being aggressive. But I think that's really important with his game and where it is right now. You're never going to worry that when you put Precious into the game that he's not going to try in every way possible to give you something, <laughs> you know, he's never going to be passive out there. And I really like that and appreciate that. Yeah. I think that and is I think that this is where I would nitpick and it goes back to my last point. Okay. You are putting out effort, but it has to be a full effort in all areas. Like, like there, there can't be those moments. You're not Fred Van Vliet. You don't get to question a referee after you, you drive and don't get mm-hmm. a call. Like yeah, I, you I know, you. Um, and, and that's, and I'm sure it's stuff they're talking to him about. Um, but, you know, so I, I'm for him getting continued looks and some continued freedom in that role. But if he's good, like, there has to be some accountability on that, on that other stuff, on the getting back in transition, on the, you know, making the correct defensive reads. And and I think, like, there aren't many problems with him defensively, mm-hmm. frankly. Like, he's, that's part of why he's so intriguing is because... Mm-hmm. He is really able to step out on the perimeter and guard somebody uh, while also providing, you know, he's not the best shot blocker in the world, but he provides some of that like athleticism at the rim that at least makes teams think twice about attacking the rim, uh, which is obviously very important for the Raptors. I think I'm going to send Mark my official um, membership um, request to join the to join the fan club. Yeah. Also, can we just take a moment and think about the fact that I know we just mentioned this, but he, Precious had eight points in the Cleveland game. He was the only reserve to score. I think, and you seem to back me up, that all of those points came in the first quarter. I'm not positive if they did, but you okay, know, let's you're roll, not. So maybe let's roll maybe I am it. wrong on that. But can we just imagine for a minute that an NBA team went three quarters without? A single point coming from the bench. That's a thing that may have happened in this game. Um, <laughs> a thing that may have <laughs> happened. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I I'm mean, just having a moment. Like, wow. Yeah, no, you're. I, you, you, have to bring, you have to you, bring. You have to bring the negative. I know. We're we're doing we're doing happy hour here. The non. I know, and I know. Version. We also we talked about Malachi. We're going to talk about him later. Well, this is. I don't. I'm. I'm assuming this isn't in your list because this isn't happy. But and I know we're supposed to be happy. We're really switching roles here. I just have to mention. DJ Wilson, man. Oh, can't catch a break. He, uh... I feel so bad for him. Like, you you pick up your 10-day with the Raptors. This, I mean, he had previously been with the team on one of the 10-day... What was it called? Uh, I, I, let's not even remember it. It was during the spike in Omicron cases. Yes. Cases. Hardship? Sure. Hardship exemption. But I think they anyway, even gave it a it... special name beyond <clears throat> hardship exemption. It was another 10. It was basically a 10-day contract. So when he had signed that original one, he then was in health and safety and, you know, the guy who came to like relieve (laughs) the health and safety issues ended up in health and safety himself. And the team brought him back. And I think everyone, everyone from the team to the fans, to us, we were also really happy to see him because 
I really like him and I would love him to be on this team. And it kind of seems like he fits exactly the prototype of like the players that are, that are making up this roster. And it was like, I don't even know if it was two minutes into his first stint on the court in Brooklyn. Um, he got injured and he remained injured and he remained on the bench for the rest of his 10 days. And the team now released him because they signed Armani Brooks, which is great. It makes sense. They needed a guard. Totally get it. But man, that sucks. I really like him. And I really, I just would like him to be a Raptor. We've talked about this before. I just can't believe that that happened to him again. And I feel really bummed about it. Uh, This isn't like, I don't want anybody to construe this as like an anti DJ Wilson comment because like that would be silly. Uh, like uh, imagine devoting your life to have like a, a strong opinion against DJ Wilson. But I do find it funny that uh, like a lot of my mentions, especially like after the Thad Young trade, but in general, it's like, oh, the Raptors got another six, eight long guy who can defend and, and can't really shoot that well. But at the same time, I'm getting questions before the DJ Wilson sign. Are Wilson. there any chance that the Raptors can sign DJ Wilson? It's like he's listen. The, he's really likable, and I I, 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 underst- I understand it. He's a player. I just, I just find the uh, dichotomy there funny. Um, well, count me count me in. I'm going to start the DJ Wilson fan club. So okay, yeah. I'm sure there already is one. There's, I'm sure there's many. Actually, uh, just a Monster yeah. Raptors fan, I'm gonna but sk- I'm going to pick one and yeah. I'm going to join it. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. I'm going to skip my uh, seventh point, which was that basically the Raptors continue to have the inside track to uh, host uh one or two games in the play-in tournament if it should require we went over the standings earlier uh you know obviously the raptors have not taken advantage of the softer part of their schedule they have one of the more difficult schedules in terms of opponent remaining in uh opponents remaining in the eastern conference uh i i think it's being not that the raptors aren't capable of losing to anybody as we've seen but 
I think the difficulty of the schedule is maybe being hyped up a little too high. Um, you know, uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. is an awesome team. They won't have Chris Paul. The Lakers are dangerous and can beat anybody as we saw. I mean, the Warriors are in their own way, but like there's always a risk of LeBron going into LeBron mode, but they also the lost Lakers in San Antonio. Mess, um, but you have LeBron, so. You know, yeah. the Clippers are whatever like they're feisty and without stars right now although i think paul george is uh close to maybe returning i don't know um so i think like the the difficulty of this road trip is maybe overstated a tad um but anyway i don't want to talk about that further other than the raptors are still more than likely to be the seventh seed uh but yeah Less likely than they were a few days ago, uh, unfortunately. All right, Malachi Flynn time. Uh, bad news, he has a hamstring strain. Good news, he... And bef- out indefinitely. Yes, which... um, hamstring strains, yeah. like, it's funny. I used to, like, hear in my early days, like, calf strain or hamstring strain and, and assume, like, oh, he'll probably be back in a week. Soft tissue strains, like... They can... And then you got old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had a calf strain. <laughs> it lingered for, like, two years. Uh, no, I'm not a <laughs> professional athlete. But uh, these... Like, a cursory search was, like, grade one or two hamstring strains, which are not the worst hamstring strains. That's, like, not a full tear. And a reminder, all strains are partial tears. Uh, that's what a strain is. Um, I know. It sounds so much less intense. When yeah, that's. I strain, think that's the whole reason. Um, I know, but it always uh, rattles me when I think, oh, that's partially yeah. torn. Anyway, I Googled it quickly. It's like recovery time can vary from three to eight weeks. And I'm like, whoa, that's a wild, <laughs> it's a wild uh, time. So, you know, Nick Nurse seemed optimistic about his return um, being quicker rather than longer. Uh, I, Nick Nurse, let's just say, has not always been, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not telling the truth. I'm saying like, maybe he errs on the side of optimism, uh, what he's Mm -hmm. speaking to us. Uh, so we'll see. But before he played, he, uh, he started four games. Uh, Mm -hmm. three of those games, I'd say he was very, very good. Uh, the Detroit game being the exception. Uh, but he averaged 16 points per game in those starts, had a 22 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so here's how I here's how I framed it. Uh, Flynn was playing well before this past stretch, deciding whether to pick up Flynn's $3.87 million fourth year team option, uh, which the Raptors have to make a decision on uh, before next season, uh, would have been difficult. Like, I think they mm-hmm. still would have erred on the side of picking that option up because it's not a lot of money and they're not, you know, they, they believe in their developmental system. But it's still almost $4 million and that money matters at the end of the day. And and maybe they would decide he's not a project worth continuing. I, I, I think at the very least, this stretch, I don't think it does much to trade change his trade value or anything like that. But just as a thought of, you know, maybe if he gets back this season, he'll be part of the rotation. Although, uh, you know, if they're in the playoffs, I, I find it hard to believe that he'll be getting meaningful minutes. But as you look forward to next year, it's a lot easier to go into go into it saying, here's a guy who is a very good shot of not only being the backup point guard, but making sure that those minutes, those bench minutes and those depth minutes aren't what they have been this season. 
Eric, I have a question for you. I'm going to flip this on to you. Yeah, sure. How would you grade Malachi's board <laughs> game stretch? <laughs> uh, B plus. Yeah, yeah. Thought so. Uh, yeah, I fought for Malachi very hard earlier this year, and I'm very happy to to see that uh, to see him play so well when he. Had that opportunity with Fred out. Also, side note, Fred posting highlights of Malachi to his Instagram stories warmed my heart. Fred remains the best in every way. Uh, yeah, I expect to see Malachi back. I want to see Malachi back. And I want to see what he can continue to do with a little bit more confidence. Because I think you we talked about this last week, but you really saw that he stopped looking toward the bench uh, as he was playing or like, you know, if he if something didn't go his way, he was just playing and attacking and you really saw him come into his own and just play without thinking. And it's such a bummer that he got injured. And I didn't even like notice that no. it happened. Yeah, I mean, he talked to us after the Orlando game. And yeah, he, I, like I had believe no idea. he finished was... the Orlando game. So maybe it was when something the, he just the... wasn't mentioning, you know, like maybe it's just something... Yeah, because like, he probably oh, my, my was like, is I'm going to be yeah. fine. I'm not, I'm not injured. I'm not saying anything. Finally get my opportunity. I'm not, I'm no. Yeah. Well, yeah. that sucks. Uh, I wish him well to return and just be healthy and I'm super happy for him. And yeah, I think he was a solid B plus too. Um, <laughs> I will say in that Detroit game, they probably needed him to be more aggressive with his shot. And I think he mm-hmm. made that corrective in the Orlando corrective. What, like type of speaking is this like it's like i'm speaking jargon for no reason i think he made that correction pretty well in orlando in the orlando game which is promising to me mm-hmm. um so yeah uh I, I think we can feel a lot good uh, a lot good i think we can feel a lot better about malachi flynn's uh progress uh keeping in mind who the opposition was in those four games mm-hmm. uh we just had none of that basically for for the this season before then well he didn't play so i understand that but that doesn't change the fact that we had none of it and now we have some of it and (laughs) when a thing is good some is better than none that's my positive some is better than none holly i really like malachi and i wish him well and i can't wait to see him play for the raptors again soon point number nine (laughs) well at least fred van vliet and og ananobi are getting some rest uh sure are. <laughs> before the break we saw how ananobi looked while his finger was bothering him he missed a lot of shots uh after the break we saw how the raptors were when fred van vliet was playing hurt in the three games uh so I'll, i'm including the new orleans game in which he suffered this particular knee injury uh so the new orleans game uh before the break and then the uh, charlotte and atlanta games to start the break before he left the lineup the Raptors were a minus 92 in Van Vliet's 95 oh. minutes, uh, which explains why they got blown out in those three mm-hmm. games. So we've seen what the Raptors look like with a Fred Van Vliet who is trying to play through something which he should not be trying to play through. So it is good that he was he's no longer trying to play through it. Um, <laughs> furthermore, if the Raptors make the playoffs which is still more likely than not. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the playoffs proper, not the play-in play game. They will be a significant underdog in that series. And not having your guys as healthy as possible makes that experience a lot less meaningful 
never mind the chances of winning that series. Like, mm-hmm. the, the reps are just less true to this team's overall talent because we know how thin the depth is. And we know mm-hmm. that, like, a Fred Van Vliet who isn't closer to 85 or 90% rather than, you know, 55 or 60%, you know, the Raptors might as well, like... No, I don't mean this literally, but they would have no shot in that series. You know, I don't think they'll they have would mu- have no shots. Yeah. You're right. We saw that <laughs> the past three games. Uh, also, the intended. way that you delivered this line, I have to say it made me laugh. You probably heard me laughing a couple minutes ago, interrupting you. I apologize. Uh, you, The way you were reading it and I'm trying to think of the word explaining it made me sound like someone who was like trying to like bulk up words on their like book report like stretch out the amount of words as you tried to like explain this to me it's kind of funny um continue so (laughs) yeah uh ananobi seems like he will be out until at least the end of the six game road trip uh probably Mm -hmm. my guess again uh they said or nick nurse made mention that it would probably be two weeks until the injury had fully healed at this point, there's no reason not to let it fully heal. I, I don't well, think. Well, there's no point. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, exactly. may, he is on the trip, so maybe he plays in one of the games in Los Angeles at the end of the trip. More likely, I mm-hmm. think he's back at the, you know, when they play the Lakers at home uh, two Fridays from now. Um, but Van Vliet... You say this, and he's going to be in the lineup next game. But anyway, continue. Well, I, <laughs> sure, whatever. Uh, um, Van Vliet might be in the lineup. Next game, yep. uh, Fred or Nick Nurse sounded pretty optimistic about the two proper off days. Not that, you know, mm-hmm. off days mean anything to a player who's not playing, like he's just not playing, so the schedule doesn't impact him. Uh, mm-hmm. But it made it sound uh, like he's maybe a bit closer to a return than not, and they'll need him to pull off some wins on this trip. So, good, good. Hopefully he's, that injury has either mostly dissipated or completely healed mm-hmm. um yeah it's good they and also them. just getting the rest probably helps all of the other nagging injuries that don't get reported but definitely are there at this point of the season so yeah uh they're getting they, rest not the way we wanted them to but they're getting rest so get healthy because like you said there's no there's no point in making it to any play-in or playoff if you don't have the players that make up uh, and my final reason for optimism, Holly, is that mm. if the Raptors don't make the playoffs, oh. they keep their first round draft pick. Yeah, okay. I don't like that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Yay. But no. We're, I, li- we're I like ending on a bummer. Um, Raptors are going to make the playoffs. Uh, okay. I-, I tend to agree with you. But, uh, you know, it might mean beating Brooklyn uh, with Kevin Durant. I know. And if they lose that game, it might mean beating Atlanta or Charlotte, will, uh, which will they can Kyrie do. Will still not be allowed to play games here? As of now, he wouldn't be able to. As of now, he still can't play games there. I, I know that, <laughs> but I was just wondering if, like, restrictions... I, guess, I mean, I guess we would just have to see what restrictions... What As of now, he's not able to. Uh, I don't think right. there's much reason to think he will be able to at that mm-hmm. point. Like, there hasn't been any talk about changing the rules regarding vaccinated people or unvaccinated uh, uh, people coming into the country. But uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? So that those... would be an insane series. If if things changed in New York and he was able to play there and not able to play here, that would... 
Wow. Well, there's not going to be a playoff series uh, between those two teams. I know, um, I know. Unless Playing. the Raptors make a very surprising playoff run. And uh, at this Listen, stage, unless the, unless the like Nets do ago, too. <laughs> it sucks that a week ago we were like, man, like riding so high, like they're going to move up. They're going to finish fifth. That's what I thought. Well, that, that's the reason I, I, we're doing this exercise. We, we got to try to stay even keeled. And when, it, when we're going, we're, when we're down, let's look for the positives. Uh, Holly, any other positives you want to hit on before we uh, wrap this thing up? I don't know. Are there? I don't know. Did I, I have them in the rundown? I, I think, I, uh, I'm not sure. I feel like we wrung out all of the positivity from this past week. Yeah, it was a great effort by me. Uh, I, I, I've got to say, um, <laughs> I, the one thing I will say that we didn't mention is Ken Birch looked a lot better in the Cleveland game. Um, now Jared Allen went out, that helps a guy look a lot better. Um, but that's cool. Uh, I, I need to see more from him to believe that that's a thing that's going to happen consistently. Uh, you, you, in, in your rundown, you wrote start Boucher. I, I would probably stick with Ken. Yeah. Uh, for at least one or two more. I mean, you're getting Pirtle, um You're getting uh, DeAndre Ayton. You're getting Nikola Jokic. So I think Ken Birch is starting for at least three more games. Is, yeah. is my way of uh, saying this. Uh, I should add, this is not... We're, we're done the optimistic portion of things. Uh, last night, Monday night, Greg Popovich tied Don Nelson... Mm -hmm. uh, for all-time wins by a coach, which means if the Spurs beat the Raptors on Wednesday, he will break the record against the Raptors. You know what's significant about that? Other than, like, it's uh, significant on its own. That the record was previously set against the Raptors? Indeed. Do you remember yeah. that game? The Warriors? I do. It was New Year's Eve. No, it wasn't. I, I think you're confusing that with George Carl getting his like 900th win or something oh, like that. Oh, okay, okay. And he was like sipping, I don't remember if it was a Diet Coke or or like a beer after. It might have been a Diet Coke. There was one on New Year's Eve. Yeah, though, that right? was definitely George Carl getting a George landmark Carl, win. George Carl, yeah. No, it, it was when Chris Bosh uh, missed a like a short putback or a layup or something to either win or tie the game. And he ended like the game as the Wizards or sorry, yeah. the Warriors celebrated. He ended up prone on the floor, just like in yep. misery from missing. And he broke yep. his face in Cleveland. The next, there's another terrible moment in Cleveland. That history. Was a terrible he moment. broke his face yeah. in Cleveland and never played another minute for the Raptors. So, and I like remember his, when that happened, everyone saying, imagine if this is the last moment in his Raptors career. Spoiler alert, it was. Yeah. Hall yeah, uh, of Famer Chris Bosch. Um Yeah. So that would be a nice, uh, I guess that happened in 2010, near the end of the season. This would potentially happen in 2022, <laughs> near the end of the season. There are parallels. I'm blanking, I'm blanking on the Spurs player that said this because I read it on Twitter. But whatever player it was, was like, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about that in the locker room. Like, Pop doesn't, we're not allowed to talk about the record. <laughs> and it just seemed like the most Pop thing yeah, ever. Like, do pop. not... Do not dare mention this accomplishment that I'm on the verge of, of reaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your prediction for the road trip? Yeah. Uh, so let's just take it. We'll, we'll do the... Uh, actually, we'll probably record, if I remember, to bring my mic. Uh, if I can fit it oh, into my... you're going my... on this trip. Yes. I, I leave for Phoenix 
uh, on Wednesday. So I'll be hopefully watching the Raptors Spurs game uh, from the pool. Uh, let's hope. Oh wow! Um, okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, no. That's so exciting. hopefully we'll re- we will record this after the Lakers game on Monday. Uh, if we can't record, we'll get a podcast to you as soon as mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. able to tell you what time it is uh, when <clears throat> I return. Uh, but I will say they will beat San Antonio. A lot of this is Van Vliet dependent. I, I am. I, I know I can't. Obviously, <laughs> I wouldn't have picked the Raptors to win in Cleveland if they did. If I knew they wouldn't have Fred Van Vliet, guys. But um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm guessing that he'll be back. So I'll pick them to win in Cleveland and win in San Antonio. I'm predicting a win in Phoenix. Is that dumb? Wow. Okay. okay. Almost certainly. I'm doing it. A loss in Denver. Nikola Jokic with a 40 point mm-hmm. triple double. Uh, and now I'm going back. They're going to lose in Phoenix. They're going to lose in Denver. <laughs> and I predict they will beat the Lakers. Two and two. But isn't there five games? Yeah, the Clippers game, but I'm hoping to record. I'll say they'll lose to the Clippers, but I reserve my the right to change that if we do record. So you say two and two, but really two and three. Yeah. How about you? Okay. Uh I don't even know if I'm that positive for being real. We're really switching it up this week. Um I don't know. I think they'll beat the Lakers. Yep, that's one. Mostly, be- <laughs> mostly because I think if they don't beat the Lakers, I'm gonna really evaluate some things. It's crazy that I'm honestly picking the game with LeBron James as the game they're gonna win because LeBron, how many times has he made me eat my hat when he plays the Raptors? Uh, I think they're gonna go two and three, but I think they're gonna beat the Clippers and the Lakers. Wow, so rallying. Off a six-game yeah. losing streak to to oh god yeah that that makes it a bit different, doesn't it? When you know they've lost six in a row, I would feel better about the Spurs game if I thought that Fred would be back, obviously. But I just don't know. I mean, I nobody knows. So, um, but now you have me being paranoid about being overly confident. So I don't want to be like, oh, they'll be three and two, and then everyone will say this idiot always thinks they're going to win when they don't. Well, I think um, I think picking two and three. I, I mean, I did pick that, but I think that's where you are right now. If anything, I think that is where I am. Yeah, if if. If Fred or OG return and are healthy, then I would change that to one, two, three, to three and two. Okay. But I still think sure. that Denver Phoenix would be will be tough. And I know that the Raptors played Phoenix extremely well the last time they saw them in Toronto, but um and there won't be Chris Paul. Well maybe no. All right, you're picking a loss. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two and three. We both have them going two and three, but we will reassess if we do record on Tuesday. Quick, one question from T. Jones. Uh, Thank you for the questions. Uh, My buddy Steve sent a question that was not on topic. Uh, How much (laughs) has seven games in 10 days uh, had to do with the team's woes, Holly? Uh, I have a quick answer to this. Yeah, it hasn't helped. It hasn't helped at all. (laughs) Hasn't helped. I would uh, say it is not a major factor in what's going on though so, uh it is the injuries are far and far mm-hmm. and away the biggest factor uh maybe and 
to whatever extent you consider this a different thing, the roster composition, which is very much by design. Uh, the second factor. It sure is by design. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then fatigue. So the third yes. biggest factor? Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Holly, we got to get out of here. I got to go get a, a rapid test so I can get into the United States. Uh, Matt Devlin should be back on the call on oh, uh, yay, Wednesday good. night. Uh, I, I spoke at, uh, to Megan McPeak, who filled in for her and Paul Jones, uh, for him and Paul Jones uh, at The Athletic. You can you can go read that. Uh, I believe there's still a $1 per month deal going subscribe on. Subscribe to The Athletic. So what can, a deal. You can do that and subscribe. Uh, Holly, anything you want to yes. plug on the way out? No. <laughs> All right. Bunch of stuff in the works, but uh, but yeah. All right. Next week. Well, uh, follow okay. follow Holly at StackMac if uh, you want, uh, or you can follow nobody and, and just be at peace. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holly, thank you very much. Listeners, thank you very much. Uh, everybody, be well. Be cool to each other. Be safe. And for now, I will tell you. See ya. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.